Welcome to the Wild Joy Podcast, where together we will be exploring the many ways we can holistically create greater joy and vibrant health in our lives. My name is Amber, and I'm so grateful you're here with me. So let's jump in. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 10 of the Wild Joy Podcast. Today, we are continuing on our journey talking about gut health because I got so many questions after the last episode that um, I decided uh, everybody else could listen to me talk about it longer because I could talk about it longer and you want to know. So today, we are talking about how stress affects gut health because it's something I mentioned in the last episode. It's something that we are all experiencing, stress that is, um, on some level right now. Therefore, it stands that our guts are being affected by what we're going through. So that is what we are chatting about today. First off, how does stress affect gut health? And I'm not going to get into like the scientific, this chemical is produced in this part of your body and then this happens, right? I'm going to talk about more like what are the physical symptoms that your body, specifically your digestive system, is being affected by the stress you're under. And if you want to get sciency and get into the details of it, by all means, please utilize Google. It's fantastic. It brings all the things your way. So first off, when we um, are stressed out, there's a couple different kinds of stress, right? We have short-term stress, which can cause small things. We've got long-term stress that can trigger gastrointestinal issues. And then we've got chronic stress over extended periods of time. And um, so short-term stress might not have as big of an impact or as long-standing of an impact as something like chronic stress might. So keep that in mind. Um, But when we're stressed out, The way we eat, the way we feed our body, not only with physical food, but everything else in our life, everything we consume, it shifts a little bit. We are more likely to eat foods that we don't normally eat. Um, And because of that, it means that we're more likely to experience heartburn, acid reflux. There also tends to be an increase in uh, consumption of tobacco and alcohol products. So um, this puts stress on your esophagus. It also affects the way that you digest food, right? Um, There tends to be an increase in the experience of pain, bloating, nausea, or other stomach issues, um, such as feeling the side effects of having a stomach ulcer. Fun fact though, um, stress does not actually increase the production of stomach acid. Um, It just increases the felt sensation of the stomach ulcer. I thought that was really interesting because oftentimes I make assumptions that people with stomach ulcers might actually lead really stressful lives, and it could be, um, but Ulcers are actually caused by a bacterial infection, which is an episode for a different time. Um, When we're stressed out, we also experience a decrease in appetite. So we may not be eating as well-balanced of a diet as we usually would have because we're not as hungry, therefore we're not eating as much, and it also affects the food choices we make, going back to eating the foods we don't normally eat. So this affects the diversity in our gut 
and what we're absorbing, which then affects our mood, our mental health, which then may also further the stress that we're experiencing. Um, Stress will also affect the pace at which food moves through your digestive system. So this means that it affects your entire digestive system, not only because it might be sitting in certain places longer, which means more pain, more bloating, more gas, more discomfort, particularly though for your bowels. Um, Because it's affecting how quickly the food moves through your body, it can also increase your chances of getting either diarrhea or constipation. So much fun. Um, It also induces muscle spasms um, everywhere in your body. That's why we get stress headaches and stuff like that. But fun fact, your digestive system is made up of muscles, which means uh, muscle spasms in the bowel, which can be super painful. Um, This also means that the nutrients that you're able to absorb are decreased because your system is not functioning as optimally, which goes back to that whole like the nutrients that you're absorbing affects the way your body functions, affects your brain health, which affects your food choices, which then affects the nutrients you have available to absorb and increases stress. So then it's further decreased what you're absorbing. It's like a downward spiral. Um, Stress will also, long-term stress, and we're getting more into the long-term or the chronic stress effects, um, it makes the intestinal barrier weaker. So in my last episode, we talked about how your intestines are held together, the cells in your intestines are held together by what we call tight junctions. When you experience stress, those tight junctions break down. You're more likely to have intestinal inflammation, which further breaks down those tight junctions. This makes your intestinal barrier weak. This means that you have gut bacteria entering into the body that's not supposed to be there. And although most of these bacteria would easily be taken care of in an immune system that's functioning properly and is healthy and wouldn't make us sick, even if that's the case, the constant low need for inflammatory action in this way is what will lead to chronic mild symptoms. This is also a precursor to autoimmune disease. Oftentimes, um, it will be masked as food allergies or um, gut infections of some kind, which um, can lead to a whole host of other things. So um, this is one of those things you want to be really careful of if you're under long-term stress, if you experience chronic stress, taking care of your gut health in this way is so, so important. And we'll get onto that in a minute. Um, and I think it's also important to note as far as stress goes, um, as with many things in life, we experience it differently, right? So the same situation for one person might not have as much of an impact as far as the stress experienced in the body as it does on the next person. So what may be short-term or minor stress for some might be really big long-term or part of their chronic stress. And the more you experience chronic stress or anxiety, the more sensitive you are to it anyways. What this means physically in the body um, as far as conditions is if you are somebody that has a chronic condition in your digestive system, particularly the bowels like inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel syndrome, you are particularly prone to experience this. And 
they're not entirely sure why. Um, they think it might have to do with the fact that the nerves in the guts of people who have these conditions are more sensitive. Um, not only to stress, but to changes in the gut microbiota, changes in how quickly the food moves through the gut, and changes in your body's immune response in your gut. So um, things to be aware of. And as always, I kind of like to move our episodes from a, this is the part that sucks to here's what you can do about it. So how do we manage the effects that stress has on our digestive system? Um, and and stress in general, uh, part, like speaking specifically of your digestive system, some things you can do, and I know I say this a lot, and it's kind of like mom telling you to drink more water when you complain about anything, which will also help, but it's not what I'm about to say, but regular movement in your body. This helps so many things, but when we're talking about stress and when we're talking particularly about the effects of stress on our digestive system, regular movement helps boost and support healthy digestion. Moving your body will help you physically move things through your digestive system. It also boosts metabolism and a whole bunch of other things that are going to support healthy absorption of nutrients. It's going to reduce the effect of stress. It's going to reduce the stress hormones in your body. When you're able to move your body with things like yoga or other modalities that focus on alignment and posture, not only are you going to be boosting um, healthy digestion in your body, this will help alleviate stress and the effects it has in other areas of your body too. And when you incorporate mindfulness or meditation into that movement, you get a bonus because that has been shown to lower the inflammation in the body, which affects digestive stress quite a bit. Um, also, what you will find out in an episode or two that when you incorporate mindfulness into physical movement, it is like this perfect remedy for the way stress affects your brain as well. Um, and then some other things you can do part, like specifically for your digestive system when you experience stress, um, really focusing on getting prebiotics and probiotics into your diet for that bacterial diversity in your gut. You need that diversity in order to maintain and boost a healthy immune response in your gut. You need it for nutrient absorption. You need it for brain health. That's what's going to help counteract any of the weakening of your intestinal walls, all sorts of good stuff. So if you're not eating fermented foods, looking at supplements that are or include prebiotics and probiotics are really, really good for, for boosting your gut health. And then reducing alcohol intake and smoking uh, because those bring down your body's ability to handle its shit all across the board. The other thing I want to touch on is um, eating healthy fiber. And I know that oftentimes that's what's recommended when you experience constipation and you may not be constipated or you may be thinking like, I don't need help pooping, but it's not all about pooping. Let me tell you why. Studies have shown that um, the gut bacteria in your body produce uh, what are called short-chain fatty acids when they digest fiber. And the reason that this discovery is important is because the cells in your colon use those short-chain fatty acids as their primary source of energy. So not only does the fiber literally help move things along, digesting that fiber, which means you want soluble fiber that absorbs stuff and non-soluble fiber, all of it, um, 
it literally feeds the cells in your colon so that they can do their job better instead of having a sluggish colon because that just sounds gross. It's like literally a shitty thing to have. So boost up that healthy fiber, making, um, giving your the cells in your colon that primary source of energy is vital for good gut health. The inference here is that the high fiber diet will prompt the gut bacteria to produce those short-chain fatty acids, bolstering your gut's natural defenses against the damages caused by stress. Um, and so there's some tips specifically tailored to your gut health, to your digestive system. But I think like the most effective tip and the one that's kind of like a well duh moment, but is also the most overwhelming is to reduce the stress in your life. And I realize that there is some stress out there that we can't control right now, like the coronavirus. We can do our best to reduce the effects of that stress. And there are little things we can do um, to reduce other kinds of stress in our life so that when we do encounter pandemics, our body's like, no problem, I got this. So you may not be able to quit your job because you hate it, or it might not be as easy as snapping your fingers to cut out those toxic relationships in your lives. And those will definitely help. But I really, really want you to take away from this that it doesn't have to be these really big monumental things that you do in your life to reduce that stress, right? You don't need to build Rome overnight in order to fix this because quite often trying to do that and undertaking those really drastic changes are their own kind of stress. So Having little things is so important too. So I'm going to go over a list of things that will help you reduce stress and, you know, take away what you like and throw out the rest. I don't really care. It's up to you. If you like being stressed out, go for it. Do your thing, boo. But I already said this, regular exercise. And I am not talking about the kind of exercise that you dread, that takes you days to recover from or that makes you miserable because that's totally counteracting the point here, right? I'm talking about movement in your day that shakes things up, that gets the heart racing, that gets your blood pumping, that is joyful. And if that is turning all the lights off in your living room and dancing for 20 to 30 minutes to your favorite music, yes, please do it. Maybe it's going for a walk with your kids and looking for and taking pictures of how many different kinds of flowers you can find that are purple, right? Like there are so many ways to achieve regular joyful movement. Please don't force yourself to do something that makes you miserable. Another thing that is really, really effective is journaling and writing it out. And it's really therapeutic to sit down and just write about all of the things you just want to give the middle finger to, right? Like, fuck this, fuck that. But do that. And also, and I have a separate journal for this so that I can read back through it, journal about what you're grateful for. And the reason I am such a huge fan of this, despite it sounding like one of those cheesy toxic positivity solutions for everything, is that in my experience, when I have reminders of what does make me happy, and I'm able to look back at it in the moments where I feel like all hope is lost, regardless of whether I'm being overly dramatic or not, 
it helps pull me out of that mental space. It helps energize me and inspire me to keep going and to keep making the choices that I do have in my control to make things better. So if you journal, have a journal that is just for stuff that you're grateful for so that when you look back through for those reminders, you're not also reminded of all of the things that piss you off. We have enough reminders of those on a daily basis, I think. Um, another one of my favorites is starting and ending your day with five to 10 minutes for yourself. And I know that doesn't sound like much, but if you are a parent, particularly if you've ever been a single parent or have more than one child or a spouse that feels like a child, side note, I am not saying my spouse feels like a child. I just know spouses who do act like children that aren't my own. Anyways, If you have experienced any of those or you live a really busy life or you are in the service industry or whatever is going on in your life calls you to pay attention to other people's needs all the time, five to 10 minutes can be really hard to carve out. So don't feel like it's not enough and also don't feel like it can't be powerful or impactful, right? Like take that five to 10 minutes and do something that reminds you of what makes you smile, that reminds you to laugh or to be grateful or any number of other things, right? My five to 10 minutes in the morning is spent drawing cards from some of the different kinds of card decks I collect, right? Like I have some tarot decks and I have some inspirational decks and I have some, um, affirmation decks and I've got uh, one that is like all cards of birds and what the symbolism is for each bird, right? So that's how I spend my morning. I draw a card. I talk about what I'm grateful for. That is how I start my day and things are infinitely better when I'm able to do that. I also end my day in a similar way because I don't want the last thing I do or the first thing I think about in my day to be about something that pisses me off, that drains me, that frustrates me, or about something that is potentially toxic or stressful in my life. I want to begin and end my day with joy. Laughter is the best medicine, so finding reasons to laugh will go very, very far here. So don't forget to look for opportunities to laugh. Even if it's just taking a piece of scotch tape taping your nose up and laughing at yourself in the mirror. Um, Some other things you can do, getting outside every day, even if it's just for a few minutes to get some fresh air and some natural light. This does so much, not only for vitamin D, for mental health, uh, fresh air, that'll help your lungs. So go outside. Look into supplements. My favorites, I put lemon balm in my water. It's been known to have some calming effects as far as brain health goes and some anti-inflammatory effects. I love ashwagandha. It's really great for adrenal glands. So if you're somebody who has experienced fatigue, um, particularly in your adrenals, look into ashwagandha. I also have friends who swear by kava kava, and we also can't forget about the ever-important omega-3 fatty acids, which help counteract the physical effects of stress in the body, and they are an essential nutrient that we don't make on our own. Side note, I am not prescribing any of these. Please do your research before you add any supplements into your diet. 
Um, moving on on our list, if you're into it, plug in that oil diffuser. There are so many oils out there that will help reduce stress, help energize you, help calm you down, help you sleep. There is an oil for everything, and they all work differently for different people. So go out there, explore a little bit. I'm sure you've got at least one friend who sells them or knows about them or loves them. So try that out. It might not be a very popular option, but reducing caffeine will also reduce the effects of stress in your body. Um, And I think that if you are the jittery kind of stressed out, caffeine might be a good place to start. Listen to how how the requests for your time and energy that people are asking of you make you feel in your gut. What is your initial reaction? Not the answer you give people, but deep down in your gut, are you internally groaning or saying, oh, fuck, no, right? Like, listen to that because that's a really good sign of how it's going to affect your body. If somebody asking you to do something or asking for your time and energy lights you up, that's going to help boost your resiliency. It's not going to be a drain or super, super stressful in the bad kind of ways. If you groan or you want to say no, don't be afraid to say no. It's okay to be choosy with your time. Other things that will help reduce stress, intentional deep breathing. My favorite app is the Insight Timer. Um, It's a meditation app. I have it on my iPhone. I'm pretty sure you can get it on Androids. But there are hundreds of other meditation apps that have breathing exercises It will help so much in your body. Listen to some soothing music while you're at it. Music always helps. Side note, soothing, also different for everybody. If Pantera is what helps mellow you out, crank that shit up. Unless you live with somebody like me and maybe consider putting in headphones first, right? Uh, Another side note or another option is chewing gum. This one personally makes me cringe because hearing people chew makes me angry and stresses me out. So I think it's funny that in doing my research for things I might not have been aware of that reduce stress, chewing gum is one of them. Um, Particularly if you vigorously chew, which just makes my skin crawl to imagine somebody doing close to me. Um, But something about the mechanical, intentional repetitive movement of chewing gum helps reduce stress in your body. So um, unless you live with me and are listening to this right now, try chewing gum to reduce stress. If you live with me, lock yourself in the bathroom first, please. Um, And last but not least, time with loved ones and pets, right? Cuddles, talking, catching up, game nights. I know all of that is really, really hard right now, particularly when we're supposed to be distancing ourselves. And I know that we're all totally burnt out on Zoom calls and meetings and virtual conferences and whatnot, but set aside time, use that technology if you've got access to it to connect with your loved ones in ways that you can. Um, I just discovered the Marco Polo app. I apparently downloaded it months ago and then got rid of it and just downloaded it again, but it's kind of fun. It's like having a, a... text message thread, but it's all video clips and you can connect with people and share moments of your day and it's pretty fantastic. So finding those people that lift you up when your own list like this of things to reduce stress isn't working is going to help you feel calmer and get your body to a place where you are more resilient uh, so that you don't experience that 
really frustrating, potentially alarming list of gas and nausea and bloating and painful diarrhea. Like nobody wants that. So take some preemptive strikes and uh, do things that help reduce the stress. As always, if you've got questions or comments, I want to hear about them. If you've got certain aspects of episodes that you want me to talk about more or totally disagree with me, let's have a conversation about it. Even better, let's have a conversation about it and record it for my podcast. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to share with your friends, to subscribe and follow the podcast so that you catch all of the future episodes. And I hope that wherever you are and whenever you are listening to this, you are having a day that brings you at least a little bit more wild joy. You've been listening to me, Amber, and the Wild Joy Podcast. Come find me online on Instagram and Facebook as Wild Joy Amber, or reach out by sending an email to wildjoyamber at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in and stay healthy, my friends. <laughs>